Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Um, We're actually, uh, I was going to say hopping on, but we're not hopping on. We really just kind of stayed on uh, because Kate and I realized that we had a good conversation that needed to be had. Um, We just finished up an interview with Tyler Remkes, who is a CCA student, um, an all-around fantastic guy, uh, who's now working full-time as a copywriter, but who also just left the military. Um, And he had a lot of really interesting things to say. And if you haven't caught that episode yet, I think we're probably going to try to um, release the same week. So if you haven't caught that episode yet, we'll have the uh, link to it in the show notes. Um, But it occurred to me that I would really like to hear um, what it's like from the other side of the equation. You know, Kate and Tyler had an opportunity to talk a little bit about what it's like to be um, a military spouse and and being supportive of the spouse that is in the military. Um, but I wanted to talk to Kate today because she has kind of a, a similar experience, but different in that she is a military spouse, um, or at least has been a military spouse, uh, but she was building her freelance copywriting career while um, moving around and and all of the challenges that that entailed. Um, so, Kate, thank you for sticking around for a little while longer. Yeah. You thought we were done with our first <laughs> interview, um, but thanks for sticking around and, and being willing to, to give a little bit of insight because, as I was saying with, with Tyler... I'm very much on the outside of this. I don't, I'm not in the military. I'm not, um, I think actually, aside from your husband, Chris, I don't think I know any active military members. Um, so this is, it's very insightful and and very helpful. So I appreciate that. Yeah, um, but absolutely. Can you give us just some idea of, of what your experiences have been, some of the challenges you've seen, some of the opportunities 
all that yeah, stuff. Absolutely. So uh, I won't go too much into detail about my personal copywriting journey, but only the pieces as it relates to this, since we have recorded an episode, if you want to know more, um, you can link to that in the show notes too. But so I had no necessarily intention of going full-time freelance originally. I was working in an office. Um, I met my husband and I happened to move from Boston to Seattle area uh, with the intention of obviously moving in with my now husband, but getting a full-time job, which I then did. Uh, there was never necessarily, I was always taking freelance work on the side. Uh, it was something I thought about, but necessarily hadn't, you know, like everyone, there was definitely that fear of taking that plunge into full-time freelance. And for me, I didn't mind going into an office at the time. Still don't necessarily mind going in office. I definitely prefer working remote, but that was my plan. And then of course I knew in the back of my head marrying my husband now that we would eventually move. Uh, that's the lifestyle. But I think until it actually happens and you do it, it's, it's still a bit of a, it's not concrete. It's, it's okay. I know this is going to happen. Oh wait, this is happening. And I have to now tell my company I'm leaving. They were very kind in that I worked remote for a bit. So we moved from Seattle to Arizona was the first move. And that was largely in the same time zone. Arizona is a little funky with their daylight savings, but largely, you know, an hour ahead or behind. And it was easy to deal with. Then he got orders to Germany and that was the big, Oh, Okay. I'm not going to do a nine hour time difference with my company in Seattle. That's just a little too far. I think six hour time difference. No, no problem. Nine got to be a little, little hairy. And so that was my real catalyst for going full-time freelance. And I thought, okay, if, if not now, when, but what I realized, especially going to Germany and the community in Germany, uh, as well as we had a community in Italy with his unit that we spent some time with and visa regulations and rules aside, there are so many military spouses, uh, men and women, that were not employed, who very much wanted to be employed. And so I felt very lucky in that I was able to maintain my freelance work and actually build my copywriting. That's where I built most of my copywriting business was while I was overseas in Germany. That was the first year. Uh, the second year, you know, it built better, better, better. And after the four years there, I was well on my way past six figures by the time we left there, which was uh, incredible, amazing, and I feel very lucky. But I encountered so many, and I'm going to say women because the conversations I'm remembering in particular were with women, but who have master's degrees, who highly, highly educated and weren't able to put their skills to use in the ways that they wanted to. Uh, many of them, there are a lot of volunteer positions for people, but that can also, yes, volunteering is great. And it, there are many positions though, where it was like the volunteer work kind of, this should be a paid position, you know, and those volunteer jobs are actually just lots of free labor. Um, and so it can be very frustrating for military spouses, especially whether you're overseas or not. I think overseas obviously is a, another layer, another challenge. You can work on the economy, but there it's a lot harder, I think, to to get a job in a foreign language, particularly if they need you to speak, you know, be be fluent in, in the local language. And so I, I in particular, I remember going to an interview in Germany and it was going well. You know, a lot of their meetings were conducted in English. So they said language barrier won't be a problem. And I kind of danced around why I was there, why 
what are you doing in Germany? Um, and finally it came out, oh, my husband's in the army. And even though I had, I was the beginning of my time there, three years left at least, and ended up, we you know, extended our time there, had to extend our time there, which isn't always the case. I think in their minds, they heard, oh, she's got a time limit on her. Why would we hire, train her up, ramp her up, get her going, and then have to hire someone else to replace her when she inevitably leaves? And even though people don't always stay at companies that long anymore, I think it can be very, it, there's a cost associated with it for the business. I understand where the business is coming from. They want to find the best person and hopefully have someone that can grow with their company and isn't going to leave them in three years. And so that's true in the U.S. as well. When you're moving every two, three, we were lucky to be someplace for four years. You know, I feel like two and three years is not uncommon. And I know a lot of spouses can probably relate to that of like, well, by the time I get there, by the time I get my my household goods, if they arrive in time, which I hear you, I'm still in a couple of months living out of suitcase right now. <laughs> this is not a real living room still. <laughs> uh, it can be hard to find find that job or to even want to find that job knowing like, I'm just going to have to go through this process in feasibly a few months at that point. You can count it in months, which is hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then as for you as a freelancer, you moving didn't really matter, right? right? Yeah. So that's been... I mean, going freelance, obviously, I, I knew I had to do, but I didn't quite understand how incredible of an opportunity it is in the sense that each time I move now, I'm not having to rethink, go through many life changes all at once, right? Because moving on its own is enough of a life change. There's there's a lot going. I don't care if you're moving across town, you're moving states, you're moving across the country, overseas, whatever, Um it is, it's a lot. I remember the first time I moved and I was like, maybe I don't want to do copywriting anymore. And a friend was like, whoa, 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 no, this is the move talking. This is the stress of a move. How about one life change? And then when you're there and you're settled in, like think about a career change as well. Uh, and obviously that person was very, very right. And it was just the the moment of feeling stress and feeling, you know, ah. and so now it's, it's, I can A, take time off for the move as much as or as little as I want. Quite frankly, when we moved to Germany, I was like, I'm going to be in a hotel. I'm going to have nothing to do. I remember we flew in the next morning. I knew I had a project that I had to finish. And it was, for me, I know to most people, like that's stressful. And I was like, no, I have continuity. I have my job still. So I have this thing that I can still, keeps me sane throughout the moving process. And, you know, yes, everything else is topsy-turvy, but I still have... A career and I have that stability that that a career brings you uh, and also just the 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 day-to-day routine I think it, it's can be so hard when you're in a new place you don't know anyone yet uh, what what do you do with your day and if you have a family yes you're taking care of the kids getting them set up but it can still be very isolating and lonely and you almost feel like what's, what's my purpose. And so I know a lot of spouses who want to feel like they're, they have more of a purpose and yes, taking care of a family is a huge purpose. And many people are are fine with that alone. And I get it. That's more than a full-time job. I always joke, you're, I'm like, you're chef, you're chauffeur. You're like, if, if you actually paid for all the roles that you do, you, you know, make millions of dollars a year. Um, so that aside, 
having the freelance and to be able to say, okay, I'm going to, we can move anywhere. Literally we can move anywhere and I will still be able to do this if this is what I want to do. And to have that choice I think is so freeing and to not have the stress of the job search and I have to do the job search again. I have to find a place that I want to work with and hopefully they'll hire me and not, you know, discount me just because they know I'm going to move again. Remote work and that option is just, a game changer. I always like if the internet hadn't been built, I don't know what I would be doing. I really genuinely, yes, I'd, I'd be going through that job search process and trying to figure out a new career and reinvent myself every single move. And that's exhausting. Uh, so it's, it's nice not to have to reinvent that aspect of, of my life every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, military spouse or not, I think that's something that a lot of our students have found is that there's, instead of being stuck to where can I work in this town or maybe in these couple of towns, it's you can work with anyone from anywhere and in, and you can be in any country and they, as long as you guys speak the same language or they want the language that you speak, they can be in, in any country. You know, I have been, I've had clients in Brazil that I would be writing video scripts for them and they didn't care where I was. I could have been in, you know, choose any country. I could have been in Germany. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's an amazing amount of flexibility, but at the same time, stability, because, you don't have to be limited by, like you were saying, the, the move, stressful as it is, for your career, the move didn't matter. It was just, yeah. you still had these clients, you, you in a way, you, you, well, I guess, no, literally, you took the clients with you, no matter yeah. where you went. Which is so. in- incredible, because, you know, the first time that we moved, you know, for military folks, you get a list of here's all the possible assignments. And there's also assignments that don't sometimes don't make the list. And surprised you're going here because we need someone there. So there's not a lot of choice necessarily in where you move next. So in Seattle, I remember we moved to Arizona because he had a, a course to attend. Uh, but from there, he he got a list of, of places and you rank them and you have one that's like my bottom there. I would really not like to be assigned here. And um, for me, that was Fort Polk, Louisiana. For Chris, that was uh, Fort Irwin in California. So Death Valley area or middle of nowhere, four hours from Houston, four hours from New Orleans and Louisiana. These are places where those two in particular, there's not a lot of job opportunity outside of the base. So we were ranking our lists of like, I was like, okay, this is kind of near Savannah. I could get a job in Savannah. And this was when I was still thinking I want to be in an office. Mm-hmm. Um, Fort Hood, I was like, ooh, I could, let's, it'd be a big commute for you, Chris, but too bad we could live near Austin and, you know, make it work, you know, looking for places that could work for both of our careers, which for anyone juggling two people's careers is, is difficult no matter what. Uh, I think it's even more so when you don't have choice over where, where it is you're going. Uh, but in particular, to your point, if, if folks love where they live and there's just maybe not as much job opportunity there, they can create that for themselves, which is incredible. Um, and for me, I quickly realized, oh, we could put, you know, um, if we did end up in Louisiana now, would it be my ideal place? No, because people show videos of alligators walking through yards, and that's not necessarily something I'm ready for. (laughs) Don't do alligators. Uh, But 
if we ended up there, I would be okay. I know now that, okay, that doesn't matter. I, I could, I can literally, as long as I have my computer and I have an internet connection, I I'm good to go. Uh, we don't have to look at, we don't have to be paranoid that we're ranking, you know, choices and that we might end up in Korea or we might end up in, in Louisiana. I'm trying to think of some other ones that are, you know, less than ideal, but either way, we could then focus on, okay, Chris, what's the best job opportunity for you? What do you want to do? Because that's the other thing, all of these jobs, it's like, Ooh, this location's great, but I might be doing this job that isn't really relevant to what I want to do in the military. It's not necessarily a role that I want to want to fill. For example, there were a lot of, uh, Tyler was speaking to his, the ROTC role he filled. And so there are a lot of those. So I remember on Chris's list once there was one in Roswell, New Mexico, and he's like, that's not necessarily an assignment I want to take for, for what I want to do. And, you know, he likes doing his, his job. Uh, there are a lot of factors and it was nice to not feel then that location had to be one of mine, that it could be, okay, let's, yes, would we ideally be someplace we would enjoy living? Yes. But we're also surprised by a lot of the places we lived and how much we loved living there. And I think I was able to love living in Arizona, for example, because I still had my job and I could work remote. Would I have loved it as much if I was scrambling to find a job the whole time or, you know, trying to work out what I was doing? Even if I didn't get a job, I don't, I don't know that I would have. So it's really nice to have that flexibility to work with people no matter where you are, no matter where they are, and not be so dependent on what job prospects are available in your immediate, you know, one hour radius or however long you're willing to commute. It's nice to break free of that. Um, and just the commute aspect alone, uh, even when we were in Seattle area, my commute was awful from Tacoma to Seattle. Anyone that knows that area and I-5, like you're just sitting in traffic and when it rains, it's even worse. And as you know, that area gets lots of rain in the winter. <laughs> so like the one thing I know about Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's sure to rain. So anyone who doesn't like a commute, it's also beautiful to be able to have, now I, I know people have heard me talk about it. I, I make my commute now, but it's also by choice in like five minutes. I can have a walk as my commute to start my day or go to the coffee shop to start my day. There's not a mandatory hop in the car and hopefully it'll be an hour and it might be an hour and a half or two hour drive. Uh, there's nice, it's nice to plan your day and know that things are at least when it comes to the commute mm-hmm. going to go according to plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important to, to talk about the fact that yes, you, by the time that you moved, you were, you already knew copywriting, right. you were right. a copywriter, but um, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Cause you can, you can Not at all. learn copywriting anywhere. And, you know, you have to, you have to go through the training, of course, and you have to practice your skills, but you can learn copywriting anywhere. You can practice those skills anywhere. You can interact with people and, and get yep. feedback and get better at it from anywhere. Mm. And then, and then, yes, like we were saying, you can find and, and find clients and pitch clients and land clients from anywhere as well, but it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, well, you have to have a background in copywriting. You have to, mm. it's, it's, as long as you have internet, computer, a willingness to, to learn and dig in, that's really 
you don't need anything else. Eventually, yes, your website. That's the only other thing. But um, that's we'll to, teach you how to do it. Don't worry. Exactly. About it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I know that's true. That's it. Sounds harder than it is. Build a website. And we got you. But yeah, literally internet and you know I mentioned time zones earlier, but time zones also can work out greatly in your favor too. For if you happen to be you know in Korea great awesome you're ahead of your clients and you can deliver where I had one client call me her copy elf is what she always referred to because Germany I'd be up while everyone was sleeping and they'd have copy delivered by the time they signed on at 9 a.m and you make it work to your advantage which is the other really nice thing um I was talking with a woman in Germany I remember she's lovely and you know masters and I forget what and she was talking about how and I should mention generationally a couple generations older than me. So she's like my mom's age. Um, and she was saying, I wish this had been a possibility when I was, you know, going through this. Cause she was a former military spouse who then was working on a contract with the military and uh, just was amazed by the idea of remote work. And I know a lot of people in that community still use telework, uh, which is funny to me. I think it's a slightly outdated term now, but uh, telecommuting and uh, yeah, just what, what an opportunity to be able to, to work from literally anywhere and to not have to go through that rigmarole all the time. And I think that's what she was, you could tell she was reflecting on. It's like, oh, if only I could have, because again, so many and I relate to it because I wanted to work and so many people want to work. Um, and I think I should, I'll look up the stat and put it in the show notes, but I think military spouses are like the unemployment rate for military spouses is just like, I want to say double of what it is for normal population, if not more. Uh, and I, I'll look it up, but it's always significantly higher because this is a real challenge for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But with a real challenge comes real opportunity, which is really nice. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that just like that one was saying to me, I'm so grateful that the internet and technology has evolved to the point that it has, that this is, it's not even a question, you know, I've been doing it for six, over six years now of working remote. And it's funny because, you know, 2020, so many people were working remote. Um, and every time I have a conversation now, people are like, oh, are you, are you still working remote? I'm like, oh, I've been remote for six plus years. And they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it before it was cool and mainstream. <laughs> Starting a trend. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This has been fantastic, Kate. So interesting for me as someone not a part of the military community, but I think uh, insightful for those who are. Um, so if you had to give some advice to a military spouse or military spouses. Um, and uh, may, maybe they're interested in, or they've heard about copywriting, they're kind of interested. What, what would you tell them? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm going to echo what something Tyler said of, take a look at your skills that just because you haven't had a job title or don't have specific experience in the past that you feel like relates to copywriting or you feel like, oh, I don't know anything about marketing. That's fine. Uh, most people, I, I'm one of them. I didn't know anything. I didn't know co- what copywriting was until literally Nikki explained it to me 10 plus years ago. So look at what skills you have. Look at what you're interested in. Look at what you 
might want to do and, and explore it, dip your toes in. And I think looking past the traditional routes, and I think this is especially true for military spouses, you know, uh, if your spouse is in the military, that's a very traditional career path. And Tyler hinted at this too, where there's a very specific, there's a very specific rank structure. There's a very specific promotion schedule, particularly if you're an officer, uh, there's timelines for that. And the beauty of something like copywriting is it is merit-based as we always say. And yes, everyone's going to have their own challenges with getting into a new career, but as a copywriter, once you write good copy and clients know you write good copy, they will work with you regardless of how many years of experience you have in. Um, I could never do what my husband does because I'm not the type of person who can, you know, have a boss that knows less than me and, and work for them or, and, well, not this case. Don't name names, Kate. But so that's, that's you know, you can have been doing it for two months and be landing clients and landing work. You can be doing it for a couple of weeks and we've had students land work. You can spend more time to ramp up and, and get work. But the point is that if you know how to write copy, you can land work and you can land jobs. And I think the other beautiful thing for military spouses in particular, but just anyone who is trying to balance work and life and everything going on is that particularly with freelance work is you can ramp it up and you can ramp it down. As we always say, you know, if you're going through a move, you can dial it back and say, Hey, clients like, Nope, actually I'll be, those are dates. I'll be, I'll be moving around that time frame." Um, and I realize planning is always hard in the military. So, you know, it's around this time, I know I'm moving. Um, but I think there's that flexibility to at least scale back when you need to, if something comes up with, with family or again, with the move, your spouse goes TDY, which temporary duty assignment um, and goes away for several months, you know, and you need to spend more time focused on, on kids or whatever have you, um, you can then scale back. And then in times where you have more, more time, then you can scale up. So there's a lot more flexibility than a nine to five where, you know, you have to show up from this time to this time and only get so many vacation days from your employer. You, you decide that. And so you can factor in how much vacation time you want and, and work around that. So and to your point, which hours? Like if yeah. you're if your spouse is gone and you are the the sole um, the sole say childcare provider, it's not childcare. You're raising your children. You at that moment, you're the only person there raising your children. You don't have to worry about like how am I go, who's going to take care of the kids during yeah. the day while I'm at my full time job. You can be there for your children, and then if you still want to be taking some project, do it at night after the kids have gone to bed or while they're doing their homework. You can all sit down and do your homework together. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that flexibility in terms of days, but also in terms of hours within the day. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so so helpful uh, and. You know, I think about the moves I've smartened up and, you know, especially like moving back from Germany, I took a full week on the back end, just told clients, hey, nope, I won't be available during this time. And it just makes it so much easier to know that you can do that and you don't have to get approval from a company or that the company is going to look down on you because you're taking so much time off. You can take as much time off as you want. And again, as to echo Tyler, he he left copywriting for a little bit and came back to it. Uh, and so that's an option too, which is nice, is that it doesn't have to, 
be an end all be all. It doesn't have to be, I got this job and now I'm locked in until I leave this job. And when I leave this job, there's no coming back to it, which to some extent, yes, there are some companies, maybe you could leave and come back, but it's a little more final. I feel like when you leave a company, it's, oh, hey, I actually want to work for you again. Um, That's really common when it comes to freelancing. If you turn down a project with a client, just because you turn down one doesn't mean they won't work with you for another. They understand that your schedule is busy or that they, you know, didn't pitch the project or, you know, kick off the project with you soon enough. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my advice would be though, to to sum it all up, uh, explore it, explore something that might seem a little non-traditional. I think once you get into the world of copywriting and freelancing, you realize, oh, plenty of people are doing this. But I think from the outside looking in, especially again, from a community, a military community where it is so, so traditional and traditional structure of how things work, it can feel so opposite of that. And so, you know, you're also not tied to the income that someone tells you you're tied to. You know, it's not a salary where they say, this is your salary and that's it. Uh, which again, especially in the military, this this is it. This is, you know, it's all public knowledge. Here's your rank, here's what you earn. And everyone else earns that same thing, even if they're doing less work than you or more work than you. Uh, so with copywriting though, you're in charge of that. As much work as you want to take on, you can earn, as, you know, set your income goals, obviously within reason. Are you going to make a million dollars? No, obviously we're, this is not, as we say, a get rich quick scheme. This is real work. But you, six figures, yes, absolutely possible. Very possible. But if you want to do less than that and that works for your, your lifestyle and your goals, totally possible as well. And so that's the nice thing though, is that you have that control. You are in charge of that. Someone is not telling you this is what you make and end of story, Um, which is just really nice to have that flexibility, especially, you know, if you want to take a vacation, you want to earn a little extra for that vacation. Awesome. Or you need a new car and you want to pay cash for your car. You can work to earn that and, you know, meet certain goals that you might have. Um, It doesn't have to be again, that nine to five, it can be what you make it. And that's just really incredible to have that flexibility, especially for, for this type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing. This has been, uh, this has been really, really insightful for me and very interesting. Um, also, you know, thank you for being a a military spouse and (laughs) supporting your husband and thank Chris, of course, for his service as well. Um, but yeah, thank you for, for the conversation it was really, really interesting. Um, and I actually learned a lot, learned even a bit more about, <laughs> about the military spouse experience. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I hope everyone listening and or watching enjoyed this as well. Uh, if you liked it, keep watching. Cause we have a ton more episodes. We have tons that we've already done and boy, do we have a lot more coming up. So we'll catch you in the next episode of the build your copywriting business podcast. Bye everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the build your copywriting business podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it. If you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review, I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. 
talk to you next time. 